0: hello this is Jim Walsh and welcome to my podcast called on Eagles wings what does it mean to be a Christian it may seem strange to ask this question what is it then that we're talking about the reason that I ask the question is that there are many people who seem to have strange ideas of what it really means to be a Christian. What defines us as Christians? Some folks think that a Christian is just somebody who believes that Jesus is Christ. However, being a Christian must be more than this. There are many people in the world who are willing to admit that Jesus is Christ, that Jesus existed they'll admit that he was a great teacher that his teaching has made the world a better place and yet they refuse to follow him or even adhere to his teaching some folks think that anybody who goes to church on Sunday must be a Christian and yet again there are many people who walk into places of worship on a Sunday morning they sit and they sing they bow their head when the prayer is offered. They listen attentively when the sermon is taught. They seem to project a reverential atmosphere. Yet they're no closer to God spiritually than your cat or dog. They're not Christians. One can be engaged in worship unto God and it not be accepted by him. Jesus himself taught this in Matthew 15 verse 9. In this passage Jesus in talking to the scribes and Pharisees told them that because they ignored God's commands that their worship was seen by the Father as vain vain means empty useless without form as far as God is concerned men can offer worship to him but if they don't obey his commands that worship is empty it is useless So then, being a Christian must be more than just agreeing that Jesus is Christ or that the man known as Jesus of Nazareth existed or going to a place of worship on a Sunday morning. So let's consider some things that the Bible teaches about being a Christian so that we may know how to act and live so as to please God. First. In being a Christian, it means I must be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 11 verse 26 we read, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church, and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. These saints in Antioch were truly blessed. They had been given a name that clearly identified them with Jesus Christ. The word Christian means a follower, but it is even more than that. It is not just someone who is going along the same path as someone else, but it means one who is actively involved in that relationship. The name Christian is more than just a title. It is a relationship these ones also were so named because that relationship was clear to all who knew them. How sad it is when people who desire to be Christians only show themselves as such on Sundays. The rest of the week their association with Jesus Christ is nowhere evident. To wear the name Christian should be an honor. We are to be always in obedience to him I have sometimes heard people say that the name Christian was given in a derogatory sense in this passage, that it was what the heathens were saying about them. But the Bible nowhere indicates that. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, we see that it is the Holy Spirit who reveals that special name unto us as one that disciples gladly wore, a name which means an association. When one is a Christian, they need to clearly understand that anything they do reflects back upon Jesus Christ. We must wear that name in such a way as to honor him whom it represents. Secondly, being a Christian means being one who believes the gospel message. John was inspired to write in his gospel, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you might have life through his name John reveals unto us that one of the purposes of the gospel was to create faith in those who desired to be disciples This concept of faith, or what sometimes people call belief, means a conviction of the facts that are offered by the Gospels. That Jesus was truly born of a virgin. That just as the Father had stated would happen. That he truly did miracles, such as the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the 10 lepers, or the raising of Lazarus from the dead. That his own resurrection from the dead, as recorded in all four gospels, was a true event and not a myth or fable created by his followers. These things were not just stories passed on by well-meaning disciples, but were true events that happened in the life of Jesus of Nazareth. And John says that these things were recorded so that we might have a truthful record and that reading those accounts would create in us faith, belief that Jesus is who he said he is, the Son of God. Friends, it is shameful and hypocritical for some to say that they are Christians, but then begin to point out that they don't really believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, or they don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verses 12 through 20, that if one does not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, then they're just wasting their time in being a Christian, for their religion is without hope. That is what the resurrection of Christ has done. It gives us the assurance, the conviction from our Heavenly Father that not only can He raise the dead in thinking about Jesus, but that He can raise all the dead. Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus as recorded in Luke 8. Luke also tells us that Jesus raised the dead son of the widow of Nain in Luke 7. John records the raising of dead Lazarus in Luke 11. In the Old Testament, we have Elisha raising the dead son of the poor widow, as recorded in 2 Kings 4. So there are many resurrections that are recorded in the Bible, yet for some reason men find it difficult to accept that the God of heaven, who created all things, who has given life to everything in the universe, can't give life to that which is inanimate. One cannot pick and choose what they wish to believe and still have faith as God defines it. He tells us in such passages as Romans 10:17 that faith comes by hearing his word. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us that faith is the conviction created by what God reveals, by the evidence he provides. And then in that same chapter of Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. Thirdly, being a Christian means obeying what the gospel reveals. Jesus pointed out this when he gave his apostles the commission to go out and preach and teach that gospel. Luke records in Luke 24 verse 47 that this teaching included preaching about repentance and remission of sins. Mark records in Mark 16 verses 15 and 16 that this teaching also included belief and baptism. In Matthew's account, in Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus instructed them to teach and baptize. We see this is exactly the format that was followed by the disciples wherever they went. On the day of Pentecost, Peter taught those present that Jesus is the Christ, confirmed by the prophecies that unfolded in his life. Peter then taught them what they needed to do, repent and be baptized, in order to receive the remission of their sins. This is found in Acts chapter two, verses 21 through 38. Luke then records in Acts chapter two, verse 41, that those who heard his teaching and believed it were baptized jesus said in john chapter 14 and in verse 15 if ye love me keep my commandments our lord expected the apostles to teach what he commanded and expects those who were taught those commands to obey them jesus told his apostles to teach about repentance, remission of sins, and baptism. Thus, those who hear the gospel message, affirming that Jesus is the Christ, resurrected from the dead, are to believe that message, repent of their sins, confess him as Christ, and be baptized that they might receive remission of their sins by God's application of the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. The fourth thing to think about of what it means to be a Christian is it means I am one who has been redeemed. In Titus chapter 2 verses 13 and 14 we read, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. It was Jesus Christ who died for our sins. It is by his blood, applied in obedience to the gospel, that our sins are washed away. It remits or removes all our sins. That is part of God's plan. To be redeemed means, in effect, to be purchased back. In the beginning, I was innocent. I was born without sin. When I became of age, whatever that age was, to know right from wrong and to choose to do wrong, then I sinned. At that point, I was no longer God's child. I was lost. I was no longer his. However, God paid the purchase price for my soul by having his son Jesus Christ die upon the cross through the shedding of his blood in order to redeem me. Friends, when you understand the true concept of redemption, then you understand the price that was paid to cleanse us of our sins. Could God have redeemed us in a different way? Could he have just said that our sins were forgiven and not asked for any price? Certainly. Then why did he do it that way? I cannot answer this positively, but I think one reason he has done it this way is to demonstrate unto us the cost of sin. Sin not only destroys our soul, but it costs the innocent life of Jesus upon that cross of Calvary. When I sin, maybe I don't necessarily feel anything. Maybe I don't even feel bad. And often we associate feelings with whether something is good or bad. So we think if it makes me feel good that it must be good. If it makes me feel bad, it must be bad. But we also must determine that something can be good even if it does not make me feel good. And we must determine that something can be bad even if it does make me feel good. Lying may not make one feel bad, but it is sin. Adultery may give pleasure to an individual, but is still sin. I might have to take some awful tasting medicine, but it's good for me. So, God provides a way for us as rational and understanding people to see that the effects of sin are greater than self. It is not about what I think or feel, but what God says. Think about the first sin of the man and woman in the garden. Think about the effect that sin has and how far reaching it is, all the way unto eternity. Their sin brought about both physical death that all must experience, but then sinful death. We need to understand how awful sin is, and one way is by God showing us the cost to redeem us, the blood of his Son, the death of his Son upon the cross. Being a Christian means I am forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, "...in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace." God does not leave us in a state of depression over the knowledge of what sin costs. He lets us know that his plan is great and that in this redemption we have complete and full forgiveness of sins. Being a Christian then means I am forgiven of all my sins. John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 that even after we have become Christians, should we fail in sin again, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We can thus go to our Father in prayer through His Son, Jesus Christ, petitioning for the forgiveness of our sins, and in obedience to Christ, we are guaranteed that our sins will be forgiven. There's no greater blessing than realizing that my sins will not be held against me. I may have sinned in ignorance, but the gospel gives me knowledge and shows me how to totally be forgiven by God. This means He does not hold a grudge against me. He does not hold back my sins to reveal them at a later time. As His child. He treats me in this way and forgives me when I ask. Jesus, in speaking of the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, demonstrates unto us the great love that God has as he desires to forgive us and restore us. When this young son who wasted his inheritance realizes what he has done and his dire need to be forgiven and restored, he returns to his father repenting of his wastefulness. Verse 18 tells us that he determined to admit to his father that he had sinned in hopes that his father would receive him back simply as a servant. The scene that unfolds as the young man approaches his father is one that is so tender and so full of hope for us. Before the young man can utter a word, the father sees him, comes to him, has compassion on him, and kisses him. The father fully restores this son to his rightful place in his house. That is the expectation that God tells us awaits for all who repent of their sin. They can expect to be fully restored into their father's home. Finally, being a Christian means that I am sanctified. I am set apart from the world. John 17 verse 17 tells us what Jesus prayed for on the night of his betrayal. It says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus, in speaking to the Father, said, the Father's word is truth, and that that alone is what sanctifies us. It sets apart. It divides us away from the world, brings us into a relationship with God, shows us the better way to travel in our relationship with God. It's not up to me to decide how to please God. He reveals in his word how that is to be done, and that is through Jesus Christ, who is the only way. Jesus himself said such in John 14, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When I obey Jesus Christ, I am obeying the Father. When I obey Christ's word, I am obeying the Father's word. When I obey the Father's word, I am guaranteed to be sanctified. He sets me apart from the world and brings me into his own house, cleansing me by the blood of Jesus Christ. Being a Christian, then, means more than just wearing any name, and it means wearing the name of the Son of God. It means being willing to be declared and identified as a disciple of Jesus Christ, following him in obedience to his word, fully enjoying the benefits of that relationship, being redeemed and being forgiven. What about you? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian not just because someone calls you that? but because you have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I certainly hope so. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you for listening to On Eagle's Wings.